This is the Off Kilter Podcast. It is about breaking rules, listening to your ovaries, and coloring outside of the lines. Each week, we will connect and be in conversation about how to reignite your sexuality, feel powerfully graceful, and deeply connected to your body, all while navigating life. I am your teacher, Amy Kate Bo. of the Off Kilter podcast. Welcome back, Warrior Woman, or if you are new to the podcast, welcome. I am Amy Bow. I have a master's in dietetics, so yes, I know a thing or two about food. I have been a coach for over 12 years, and now I help women finally get the results that they want in their training through understanding their cycle. Basically, I'm fascinated with training, your cycle, and food. So today's episode is part three of my three-part series on how to recover well from training. Part three is me sharing some of my practices that I've cultivated over the years to support my training and to help me recover well. So if you haven't listened to part one and part two, which are episode 42 and 43 in the podcast, I invite you to go and listen to them. Whack them in your ears. Part one was all around how to use food to fuel and support your red umbrella and your training. Part two was on why I believe that you need to have a movement and mobility practice to help you recover well. And now part three is, it's all me. Uh, I didn't plan this. I have nothing written down. I am just making it up as I go. And I wanted to jump on here and just share with you some of the practices that I do to support my training and my recovery. If you haven't watched my IGTV video on part three, I invite you to head to my Instagram. My handle is at amykatebow. And I filmed a day uh, where I talk you through my day, my routine, and some of my recovery practices that I cultivate. Uh, I think that if you want to train hard, train often, uh, have a practice that is consistent, one really needs to recover well regularly. And I think recovery is super important. Uh, It's not really viewed as sexy, just like stretching. (laughs) But it is really the key. If you have a focused, regular recovery practice or protocol, it's really going to help you be able to cultivate the results that you want in your training and to recover well. That's what we really want. We want the body to recover well. We want to have the energy So we can show up uh, the next day, Uh, so we can train hard, we can train often, we can cultivate the results that we want from our training, we can build a strong, resilient, capable body. We need to make sure that we are recovering well. And where I really want to start uh, in this episode is with the red umbrella. And for those of you who know me and you know my work, you know that I often talk about the red umbrella. If you are new to me and my work, 
we're going to pit stop here and we'll fill you in a little. Uh, I believe it is the most important thing uh, when we talk about health, we talk about training, uh, we talk about cultivating results, uh, we talk about showing up powerfully in our work, in our life, in our relationships. It all comes back to this red umbrella. So one day I was trying to think of a concept that I could come up with that really clearly expressed and articulated this importance around your nervous system, around stress. Uh, and I came up with this concept of the umbrella. So if you imagine an umbrella, now an umbrella has prongs, normally silver prongs, that uh, when you puff it up, they give that umbrella its shape. They allow it to do its job. Now it's red because the day that I was coming up with this concept, I was walking to get a treatment from my physio and I saw six red umbrellas. So I thought, yep. And of course, because I do a lot of work with cycles and the period, so it's got to be red. So I came up with this concept of the red umbrella. Now, I want you to imagine the umbrella as your nervous system. So the state of you, your body, how well it's functioning. Now, we have prongs. And those prongs could be food, training, your cycle, your hormonal health, your metabolism, your gut health, your relationships, trauma, emotional stability, uh, food, anything that affects your umbrella, the state of your nervous system. Now, if one or more of those prongs aren't working right, it means that our red umbrella is a little weak. It's not working right. Uh, therefore, it can't do its job. And when our umbrella isn't working right or it's a little weak, it makes it harder for us to get the results that we want from our training and to recover well. So really, it all comes back down to the state of the nervous system how well the nervous system is functioning, how well we can downregulate or manage stress. Uh, I'm super fascinated with three prongs in particular in the red umbrella. And those prongs are your training prong, your cycle prong, and your food prong. And when I work with women, we focus on those three prongs to help them balance their hormones, to support their cycle, to support their training. And today, uh, I'm just going to share a few practices that I do for those few prongs to support my recovery. But basically, I am always thinking about my red umbrella. I'm always thinking about the prongs in my umbrella. What prongs may not be working right? I invite you to check out a resource that I created. It's on my website. I'll put the link in the show notes and it is called the red umbrella and it's three steps to help you understand your red umbrella. And there's an activity in there that gets you to rate your prongs of your red umbrella. So you can get super clear on what prongs might not be working right uh, because really in order for us to create change, uh, 
we really need to understand what's actually going on. <laughs> what's going on with our red umbrella? What prongs aren't working right? Why aren't they working right? Then from there, we can determine a plan to support those prongs, which therefore then helps us with our training and helps us recover well. So I invite you to check out that resource. It's on my website, along with some other longer form videos around uh, training with your cycle, fasting, how to nourish your food prong of your umbrella. So I'll pop the links in the show notes. I have also recorded an episode on the big red umbrella, which is episode 27 on the podcast. So I'll pop that in the show notes as well. Okay, so my practices that I cultivate really are around supporting my red umbrella. If I don't have a strong red umbrella, I'm not going to be able to train hard and recover well. So I'm going to share with you a couple of my key practices uh, that I do on a daily basis to make sure that I'm nourishing my red umbrella and allowing me to recover well from my training. So when I wake up in the morning, I spend time under my happy light. It's a light that I have in the bathroom here that uh, helps with my cortisol awakening response. So your cortisol awakening response uh, comes on when we see light in the morning. If it's working well, I should feel energized, I should feel well rested, uh, and my cortisol should be highest at around 7, 8 a.m. in the morning. And then from there, it's decreasing over the day until nighttime when it should be low and melatonin hormone should be high. Now, being under light can be really hard here in the north. Uh, in winter, it's dark at 4 p.m. and does not get light until 8 a.m. So I bought a happy lamp because getting enough light here uh, in the north can be really hard for me. I was born in Australia. My natural habitat is Australia. So I find that this habitat is very hard for me. I get quite dark and twisty <laughs> when it's winter time. So in the morning time, we have an alarm clock that is the Philips alarm clock that slowly lights up like the sunrise. Sun sunrise. Yes, I was going to say sunset. <laughs> Uh, like the sunrise and so that comes on around 20-25 minutes before the alarm actually goes off and the room gets lighter and lighter. From there I move into the bathroom where I am under the bright happy lamp for about 10 minutes while I do my skin routine, uh, I'm washing my face with cold water, I'm drinking warm water in the morning around three or four cups to rehydrate myself. And then within 30 to 60 minutes, I am having breakfast. Uh, and I've spoken about this before, the importance of eating within 60 minutes of waking up, 30 if you can, to downregulate your nervous system to support your cortisol uh, and why that's super important. So I'm eating breakfast, it's balanced, there is carbohydrates, protein, fat. Uh, then I go for a walk. I've spoken about the power of walking before, uh, 15,000 steps to connection. And 
It is such a powerful tool to help you connect to your body. It's my meditation practice. Mostly I do a walking meditation practice when I'm walking the dog. I never listen to anything. It's just me, the environment, nature, and my dog. I'll do that every morning for about 60 to 75 minutes. Uh, and it's a time just to connect into me, to my breath, to my body, uh, and to nature. So that is a little bit of my morning routine. Uh, I have done a stillness practice before where I sit and allow the breath, focus on the breath. Uh, I've done that. Uh, I am not doing it at the moment, but that's been very helpful for me as well. Mostly I am doing a walking meditation practice or my walk is a way to connect to me. And then if I can, I train mid-morning. I train best uh, around 10, 11 a.m. When I have been for a walk, I'm fed. Uh, and so I'm training. And with my training, there is always some component of a movement or mobility practice. I have worked really hard over the last four or five years on balancing out a hardness with a softness. For a long time, I did Olympic weightlifting. It's very hard. It's very directional. Uh, and I worked hard to try and cultivate a bit more of a softness practice in there to connect with my body in a different way and to support it in recovering. If you want to speak more about training and how to train, I'd love to connect in with you uh, about that. Uh, I love this area. A lot of the women that I work with and I program for, the big component of the work that we do together is me teaching you how to actually train uh, so you can build a strong, resilient, capable body. So I'm training and then I'm eating within 30 minutes uh, of training. 20 to 25 grams of protein, and within an hour and a half, I'm eating a meal to make sure that I'm restoring the sugars, the glycogen back into my liver, uh, and that would be my next meal that I would be eating. So I'm eating every three or four hours. Uh, I eat uh, balanced meals. I eat enough. Uh, no, I do not uh, measure calories, I do not weigh food, I do not track macros, I never have, uh, I don't believe in fasting, if you are super interested in that, I've done a video on that, you can head to my website why I talk about why I don't recommend fasting, but I've always had a very strong, confident relationship with food, I have always listened to my body, and I know that's really hard. And often that is where the work is at the start. The work is in understanding your red umbrella. Your red umbrella is different to my red umbrella. Your physiology is different to my red umbrella uh, and my physiology. Your training may be different to my training. Uh, so it's super key to start understanding your red umbrella, your physiology. And like I say, we don't find a way for us, we're creating a way, you know, we're creating a way to nourish all of our proms. So food for me is a big part uh, in supporting my training and my recovery. 
So I believe it's the really the key to help us have a strong, stable metabolism to help us recover well from our training and to fuel our training to give us energy on a cellular level. And then I have a very strict bedtime routine. For those of you who know me, <laughs> you know that uh, I've had very tight boundaries, a very tight container around my bedtime routine. Uh, something that I've worked on loosening up a little bit over the last couple of years, uh, but I still think it's really important and I still do have a bedtime routine. And I've been asked to share it with you. Uh, so I had a question come in and it was, can you please share uh, your bedtime routine, your sleep hygiene? It's nothing special. And I think what's really key and important when we talk about all of this stuff and what comes up a lot in my work is that we want it overcomplicated. We want the answer. We want the secret. We want the supplement. Uh, you know, we want the, the way and it's actually, it's not complicated. It's all really simple. And I don't know if it's that we don't believe it because it's so simple. Uh, I'm not sure why. I haven't quite figured that out yet. <laughs> okay, so my sleep routine, it's basic, it's simple. Uh, it works for me. It may not work for you if there's something else going on, okay? So I, I want you to think that when you get information, when you listen to someone, uh, when a practitioner tells you something or a podcast or an article, I want you to try and come from a place of curiosity with it. That, you know, everyone has a different belief system, a different worldview, uh, but we also have a different red umbrella. We have different physiology. So, when I talk about these things, I'm talking about them from, I'm storytelling from me, from my red umbrella, from what works for me. And yes, of course, there are some basics uh, and a lot of the stuff that, you know, I do and I get a lot of the women that I work with to do and it works because it's, it's nourishing your red umbrella on a basic level. And yes, it can get more complex if there's stuff going on with our hormones, with our cycle, with our physiology, if we have a medical condition. Of course, it gets complicated. Uh, it can be complicated. Hormones can be complicated. But we don't have to go there straight away. Uh, my question really is, is that are you coming uh, from a place of curiosity when you're consuming information and listening? And then are you really just going back and allowing and receiving your body's messages? Are you listening to your body? So I can give you some basics that, you know, I have found in my work and what the research shows that definitely helps our red umbrella, our nervous system. It helps stress. Uh, it helps us to be able to train harder and recover well, for sure. But what may work for me may not always work for you. And I think the key, key thing here, we're going to double bold it, is that what works for me now, uh, and now could be today, it could be this week, it could be this month, it could be this year, may not always work for me. It depends on my red umbrella and what's going on in my red umbrella. What's going on with that, my nervous system, my prongs? Uh, 
And I think that's super key is that our physiology can change, our environment can change, our red umbrella can change, it can be strong, it can be weak, our training can change. You know, we may go through uh, pregnancy, we may be postpartum, we might be going through perimenopause or menopause. All of these things, stress, uh, all of these things are going to change our red umbrella, which means that we need to get really good at adapting to uh, listening first to our body and building trust with it and understanding it and then being able to adapt, uh, being able to have the confidence to make decisions for ourselves and for our red umbrellas that are going to help nourish that red umbrella in the state that it's in. And I think that's super key. So I can share this with you, but to know that you might not be there or it may not work for you now, you need to find what's working for you. Okay, another little side note. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, my sleep routine. So it used to be a lot stricter. I used to have a lot of boundaries, <laughs> very tight container around my sleep routine when I was competing in Olympic weightlifting. And I've loosened them off over the last few years. Uh, what does it look like now, today? Uh, I have a sleepy tea every night. Uh, it is yogi, restful sleep. It has a lot of calming herbs in it. Yes, they definitely help. Uh, but also I think it is just the, the habit of... Uh, it's just so much a part of my routine that I think the mind and the body knows that when I have that tea at night, it's now time to downregulate. So I have a sleepy tea, uh, I take magnesium, and then no technology half an hour before sleep. The lights are really low in our house. Uh, I read for at least 20 minutes before I sleep, our room is very dark, it's very cool, there's no technology in our room. Uh, there's actually really no technology in our house. <laughs> we don't have a TV, uh, not even in the living room. We definitely don't have a TV in the bedroom, no phones in the bedroom. I haven't had my phone in my bedroom since like, I don't know, circa 2010. As I said, we use that alarm clock. Uh, really, the bedroom is for sleeping and sex. And this is super key, I think, because if technology is in there, if a TV is in there, if your phone is in there, even on a subconscious level, that is stressful on the red umbrella. It's stressful for the nervous system because of the attachment that you have to the technology, uh, to the association that you have to it, even on a subconscious level. So I think it's super key to get curious about why. Why is there technology in the bedroom? Uh, and how is that impacting you? How is that impacting your red umbrella? How is that impacting the relationship that you have to uh, yourself, potentially your partner, uh, even your children when they come in and connect with you maybe in the morning? So I would get super curious about that. Uh, for me, it is a big, hard no. No technology in the bedroom. Uh, that's really it. It's not very exciting. 
Um, I don't take any uh, magic potions. I don't have a secret. I think what's key here is that, you know, I found what works for me. I have a really good, strong red umbrella. My hormones are balanced. So I actually sleep really well. I don't need extraordinary measures. Uh, and really, if you do have a healthy red umbrella and your prongs are working right, you actually shouldn't need extraordinary measures to get to sleep and stay asleep. Uh, if you want to chat further about sleep, I would be super happy to. I can uh, recommend you uh, a few other things uh, to support that prong if you need. And that's really it. Uh, they're my basic recovery practices uh, that I do to support my training. I eat, uh, I nourish my food prong, I eat every three or four hours, I balance my meals, I'm regulating my blood sugar to make sure that I'm uh, really supporting, uh, down-regulating that stress response. Uh, I sleep, I sleep seven, eight, nine hours a night averaging on eight hours a night. Uh, I sleep really well. I wake up rested. I make sure that I am supporting my cortisol awakening response in the morning. Uh, I have a movement and mobility practice. I walk every day. Uh, that is it. If you have any questions, uh, you want to know any more, connect in with me. I'm super happy to help you if I can. Uh, if you know of a prong that's not working right, I love to hear your questions. If you have questions, please, please email me. Please connect with me on Instagram. DM me. Uh, ask me questions. It's amazing. I love it. Uh, it helps me create content. It helps me support you and your red umbrella. If I know uh, where you yeah, where you want, where you want me to take it, where you want the information, where you need the support. So again, thank you, thank you for connecting in. Uh, I'm excited. I've had, I have uh, some really good episodes coming out with some guests on the podcast. Uh, it's been a while since I had a guest on, and so I'm in the process of, you know, creating little series for you. Uh, so stay tuned. Thank you for listening. You are a warrior woman. Goodbye for now. If you have any questions, you can connect with me on Instagram at amykatebow. I also write a daily blog. You can sign up on my website, amykatebow.com. Thank you for making the space to listen today. Remember, take the long way home. Bye for now.